to Jerusalem. He finished his third and final missionary trip, and now he makes it back to Jerusalem here in our text today. Here we go. Ashwin 1, starting at verse 17. It says in God's word, when we had come to Jerusalem, this is Paul and the brothers that are with him, the brothers received us gladly. So the elders and the people in the church of Jerusalem, they received Paul gladly after coming back from his third missionary trip. On the following day, Paul went in with us to James. James is the half-brother of Jesus. And all the elders were present. After greeting them, he related one by one the things that God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. And when they heard it, they glorified God. And they said to him, you see, brother, how many thousand there are among the Jews of those who have believed. They are all zealous for the law. And they have been told about you that you teach all the Jews who are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses. Here they go to hate us, y'all. Telling them not to circumcise their children or walk according to our customs. What then is to be done? They will certainly hear that you have come. Do therefore what we tell you. We have four men who are under a vow. Take these men, purify yourself along with them, and pay their expenses so that they may shave their heads. Thus all will know that there is nothing in what they have been told about you. But you yourself also live in observance of the law. But as for the Gentiles who have believed, we have sent a letter with our judgment that they should abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols, and from blood, and from what has been strangled, and from sexual immorality. Then Paul took the men, and the next day he purified himself along with them and went into the temple, giving notice when the days of purification would be fulfilled and the offering present, presented for each one of them. Verse 27. When the seven days were almost complete, completed, the Jews from Asia seeing him in the temple stirred up the whole crowd and laid hands on him, crying out, Men of Israel, help! This is the man who is teaching everyone everywhere against the people and the law and this place. Moreover, he even brought Greeks into the temple and had defiled this holy place. For they had pre previously seen Prophemius, the Ephesian, with him in the city. And it's supposed that Paul had brought him into the temple, that all the city was stirred up, and the people were ran together. They seized Paul and dragged him out of the temple. And at once the gates were shut. Verse 31. And as they were seeking to kill him, word came, came to the tribune of the cohort that all Jerusalem was in confusion. He at once took soldiers and centurions and ran down to them. And when they saw the tribune and soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. Then the tribune came up and arrested him and ordered him to be bound with two chains. He inquired who he was and what he had done. Some of the crowd were shouting one thing, some another. And as he could not learn the facts because of the uproar, he ordered him to be brought into the barracks. And when he came into the steps, he was actually carried by the soldier because of the violence of the crowd. For the mob of the people followed, crying out, away with him. Verse 37. Well, I guess we start with 36. Um, let me pray for us and ask the Lord to bless us uh, and 
help us to understand what we just what I just read here at this time. Our Father God from heaven, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us back again another evening. Lord, we ask you to bless this time. Enrich us, Lord, in your word. Grow us in your word, Lord. Let your word give us life. Help me, Lord, in my areas of weakness. Lord, let me preach your word faithfully. Let your people be encouraged, Lord. Let your people grow in truth here today. Bless us at this time, Lord. Lord, uh, we need your word. Um, Lord, there's so much happening all around us, Lord, even in our own hearts, Lord. What better healing, Lord, outside? What better healing then, Lord, than your word? It's nothing. We need your word, Lord. We need it right now. So, Lord, we ask you to give it to us. Encourage us in the truth. In Christ, let me pray. Amen. As I was putting this together, I noticed a couple of things with Paul here in this text is that Paul is actually has been celebrated by one group and Paul is despised by another group. And that had me thinking about Dr. Martin Luther King, um, regardless of, you know, failures in Dr. King's life. We can talk about different things, but a couple of things we can't appreciate with Dr. King. Dr. King wanted the people to be treated fairly, equality. He wanted blacks and whites to get along together. He said, he said, he said, I have a dream. How black boys and white boys and how all of them can live out the, the life here in the world together. We can appreciate that about him. We can appreciate so many other things about Dr. King, how he has encouraged the whole civil rights movement, the movement in the sense of to bring about um, equality within educational system. That some kids wasn't able to get the best training, the best education because of segregation. But the other side of this, many have despised Dr. King. They have despised him because they feel like the school system was just fine. Why segregate? Why can't just black kids go to school with black kids? Why can't white kids go to school with white kids? Let's just keep this separate. So them, they despise Dr. King to want to see the beauty of the unity of it. I think it was good what Dr. King was doing here. Wanted to be able to see the people on this earth together living out uh, the American dream together in America. Well, I think about Paul here in our text. Paul has good intentions here. He wants to see the beauty of the body of Christ. He wants to see the unity of the body of Christ. And some in Jerusalem are going to celebrate Paul, and they're going to pat Paul on the back. They're going to be gladly accepting what is happening. It's going to be some that profess Christ is not going to be happy with what Paul is doing. Christian church here today, I think it's going to be the same thing for us here in this world. Some are going to be happy that you are in church on a Sunday evening. You just came this morning. You're back here on a Sunday evening to be upon the God's word. Brothers and sisters in this room, we are happy to see you. We are happy to encourage you. We have you to encourage us. We're happy to live this out together. There's nothing else better than being in the body of Christ together. We get this right now. We get this. This is better than anything. This heaven on earth, what Brother Jerry said earlier, we get to taste it. But some going to say, is that too much church on Sunday? Is that too much going on here? You're always going to have somebody going to oppose trying to stand for something that's right. You see this in politics. Paul is gladly is accepted by some, and he gladly rebuked by others. Let's say they believe in the same Christ. So family, let us learn from Paul. How do we stand on truth 
But regardless of those around us might not want to stand on truth or might be wavering from the truth, family, we must stand on truth regardless. We're living in a world right now they have turned truth and say truth is not truth anymore. And they say a lot of false stuff is actually the truth now. They have turned God's word upside down this world we're living in. So family, may we stand on truth in a world that despises truth. And again, on a Sunday evening like this, may we see the beauty of this. May we make this right here a part of our importance of our life to be able to say, Monday morning, I'm going to go back to work. I'm going to go back into this world. But guess what? I am fed by the brothers and sisters in Christ, encouraged in the word here on a Sunday night. I'm not going to let anybody take this joy away from me getting it from singing the word, from praying the word, and from hearing the word preach. And the Lord's Supper, family, nothing can compare to this. And so let us learn from Paul what does it mean to embrace truth in the midst of others not holding on to truth. Mm. How are we going to do it today? We're going to do it in three points. Paul encouraged by elders at the church of Jerusalem, verse 17 and 20. Point number two, divisiveness, divisiveness in the church in Jerusalem, 21 and 29. A lot of y'all think about the Corinthian church got all the issues, right? But we said most of the issues right now is not the Corinthian church, it's the church in Jerusalem. And point number three, Paul is going to be arrested. He's going to be seized in 30 through 36. So jump to point number one. Paul encouraged by the elders at the church of Jerusalem. Paul now, the third missionary trip has ended. The first missionary trip went to Asia Minor. The second missionary trip, he went over to, to the area of Philippi. And the third missionary trip, he spent most of the time in Ephesus. And now he has took the gospel all around the world. Uh, 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 all around the world. He have taken to Asia Minor, uh, to Asia, Great Asia. He have taken now to a place in Europe. It's going all around the world right now, Jerome. And the gospel is spreading. Many people that haven't heard the gospel are responding to the gospel. Churches are being built up. The book of Ephesus, right? Ephesians. It comes from the church of Ephesus. The book of Corinth. The book of Philippians. All of these churches kind of were established as Paul went there and planted churches. So he obeyed the word of God. He went in and planted churches. And now his missionary journey is over. He goes back to Jerusalem now. He goes back to Jerusalem as his ministry is kind of is ended right here. He's still going to be able to do some ministry. But the ministry to the Gentiles going out of missionary trip has ended now. But what's happened now? He come now back to Jerusalem. Well, why would he come back to Jerusalem? Well, first of all, when he started on the first missionary trip, he came from Jerusalem in the church of Antioch. And now what he's doing his last missionary, when, he, when they come back, they give a report to the church of Jerusalem. So Paul comes back to the church of Jerusalem to get a report. And what did it tell us in the text? The brother received him us gladly. Who is us? Those Gentile brothers that have been converted? And some Jewish brothers that have been converted? Their brothers were excited to see Paul and were glad. And they knew Paul ministered was to the Gentiles, and they are glad of what is happening. That all around the world now are professing Jesus. All around the world, people are knowing Jesus and are submitting to Jesus. And Luke tells us that also that Paul and some brothers with them went to James, the elders in the church of Jerusalem, mentioned a girl. This James is the half brother of Jesus. James is actually an elder in the church of Jerusalem. 
So the Paul and his brother goes to James and the elders in the church to get them a report. What happened around the world? And what Paul could be telling them right now? Paul could be telling them last week, Rob, when you gave me a lot of amens from Acts 20, when Paul gave the word to the elders of Ephesus in Midland. He told them everything that his ministry is pretty much over. He told them to guard the sheep. He said, protect them from it. The wolves are coming in. And he said, it's going to be something even from among yourselves. He was actually encouraging the church. Rod, this could be what he's telling the, the uh, James and the elders there. This is what I told the brothers in Ephesus. What else he probably could have been telling them? He probably could have told them what's going on in Macedonia. In Greece, that brothers are coming to the gospel. Hey, people in Jerusalem, look outside of Jerusalem. The world is coming to Jesus. He's giving them a report. The people are trusting Jesus now. We have planted seeds. And they responded. They are believing in Jesus. He also could probably could have been sharing to them. Look around you now. Look who's in this room right now. This brother's from Ephesus. This sister right here, she's from Philippi. I mean, this is from Philippi. This brother right here from Macedonia. They're from Lydia. A little Timothy is from where? Lydia. I mean, uh, uh, um, Lystra. These brothers are from here. These brothers around us at this table. Our brothers are a testimony from around the world. Mm. What is happening around the world, that gospel that many laughed at, is the gospel that now they're turning the world upside down. And we know this is true. And I told you guys this. If you look on a map, even in Africa, I talked to Greg and Elijah about this. Look at Africa today. Africa is a huge continent. But majority of Africa is still Christianized today. Hmm. The only part of Muslim within Africa is northern Africa. Egypt and, and the northern Nigeria, all those places are Muslim. The rest of Africa is professing Christ. Where did that, where did that come from? It came from the early church. The gospel spread all throughout Ethiopia, Nubia. It spread all over these different places. So the gospel spread not only in Africa, it's happening in Asia. One of the places I got the Aramaic script was China. China had Aramaic writings and manuscripts early, early in China, like in the second, third century. First century in China. So the gospel, what the apostles were doing, it spread the world and the world couldn't stop it. It couldn't stop it. It kept spreading and spreading like crazy. And we get a testimony here what has happened. And Paul comes back to the church and says, Brother James and, and elders, look what is happening around the world. And what did they do? They were encouraged. They listened. The elders listened. They responded with words. The brother, after giving his third uh, missionary church, listen to this in verse 20. And when they heard it, they glorified God. And they said to them, You see, brother, how many thousand there are among the Jews of those who have believed. They are all zealous for the law. They are cited. Even Jews, you're going into a Gentile world for believing. Guess what? Even Jews are coming to Christ. Paul mentioned to the Gentile, but actually Jews was responding to the gospel as well. They glorify God. They are cited what is happening. And many Hebrew Israelites say in the early church, it was just Jews converts. Though they said Jews as well. It was Gentiles being converted, but also it was Jews getting converted. And they were zealous for the law. A lot of times we use the word law, uh, we think about just the Ten Commandments. But the word law can, can, can be expounded upon. In Psalm 19, the word law sometimes means precepts. 
Sometimes it means rules. Sometimes it means testimonies. Sometimes it means the entire Old Testament. So what Paul is saying is that, and these elders are saying is that zealous for the law, they were zealous for God's word. Amen. And they were zealous for it. So Paul finished He first, second trip. He went back to the church of Jerusalem. He gave him a report. And guess what happened every time? The church of Jerusalem is excited to hear what's happening. They are excited to hear what's happening, but not everyone. Again, when I mentioned about Dr. King, many people in the South, African-American, many of our grandparents were excited now to get a better education now. If, if once upon a time, blacks couldn't able to get a certain proper education, they couldn't go to Harvard. They couldn't go to Yale. They couldn't go to the academic schools that you actually think of today. I think even today, just recently, the state of Arkansas recently, I think in 2022 or 2021, we just got the first black midwife in the state of Arkansas hmm. after all these years. Is that right, Link? Yeah. So right now, what taking so long in this? It's because of what has happened throughout history. And Dr. King wanted to see is that everybody, let's see a beautiful world where everybody working together. But everybody's not on pace with this. A lot of people didn't want to see everybody unified for this particular goal, to be able to see people together in academia and things of that nature. But the same way in the church. Everybody didn't want to see the church unified. I like Jerome and Jerry, and so I want a church built upon them. Well, Rod and Elijah right here want a church this way. Family, that's what we see here in this text. We're going to see in point number two now the divisive in Jerusalem, the church of Jerusalem. Some going to want Jews in the church and only, and some going to want Jews and Gentiles in the church. Some going to want people that look like them, that talk like them, that act like them, a part of the church. And some going to want people in the church that look and want to live a life like Jesus. So how does it happen? It happened now in point two. After Paul came back on the first missionary trip, it was some amongst the Jews that were spreading that some were teaching against circumcision. You guys remember on the first missionary trip that you have to be circumcised to be a true believer. And Peter came out and said, what? Are you adding to the gospel? That you don't have to do this, do this, do right, and be circumcised and respond to the gospel? You can respond to the gospel the way you are. You don't have to fish yourself up and make say you believe. You can believe exactly the way you are. Hmm. So they had a dispute on this. And so they wrote a letter to all the churches and said, no, you don't have to be circumcised. You can truly believe in Christ. You don't have to be circumcised. So what happened on this third missionary trip now? He go to haters again, y'all. Now there was some that was saying, telling the Jews amongst them, the Gentiles, are forsaking Moses. Moses is a great teacher of the Old Testament. If you go against Moses, you're trying to say you don't want to accept none of God's word. If you say you don't like Moses, that means you're discrediting the first five books of the Bible that Moses written. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. When you go against Moses, you're saying that the first five books of the Bible is not important. So that's what they told the people. They said Paul is telling the people not to circumcise. No, walk according to Jewish customs. And also take in mind, this was a time of Pentecost. Think about homecoming. Y'all know y'all get them cars and the 24s on it, and, and y'all got the nice speakers on it. I mean, y'all got the loud music playing. I don't know if they're playing AHA. They're probably playing Moneybag Yo. What are y'all listening to, Jerome? Uh, Moneybag Yo and 
Um, uh, all the rest of them folks, y'all listen to the baby, the, the baby, all that. So when homecoming come, they are, I mean, they are kicking it. And this is the time right here, the actual tension is high. If somebody hit your car, somebody say something, somebody going to fire up on somebody, isn't it? Well, here at Pentecost, it's a time of celebration. You got Jews coming from everywhere. So right now, these Jews right now coming in with a nice shirt song. They come in town, and they're waiting to hear somebody going to say something that's contrary to the law. Because what are they going to do? Let's stone him to prove that, hey, I'm judged to the law. Let's kill this brother. So they're ready to boast. They're ready to celebrate. So Paul there now, and Paul has said is not telling people not to keep the law. So what do you think the people are going to try to do to Paul? Let's try to stone him, brother. Because look, we're going to try to stone him. By me stoning him, that is telling the world that I'm more zealous than anybody. Think about what happened to Jesus. It happened on the day of Passover. What's going on in the Passover? People are coming to town. A lot of the major persecution to the Christian church is doing the feast. It's the prideful Jews that are trying to prove a point to the world. I'm more zealous than anybody. So guess what? We can kill Jesus. We can kill this person. We can do these certain things because they're not holding to the law. We're holding to the law. So what did they do during this time? A day of Pentecost right now? They're going to try to find thoughts on Paul. And James knowing this. So what James going to do? James that cool uncle. Y'all got a cool uncle that you like to talk to? Some of them uncles will be snitching on you tell your parents everything. But you got an uncle that's cool and they don't tell anybody. James one of them cool uncles. Let me tell you why. James pulled Paul to the side. He said this. Hey, Paul, bro, they finna try to kill you. So I'm going to tell you what you do. Go ahead and take the vow. Go ahead and hey, the guys you got with you or four guys over here, go ahead and you know get them circumcised. Follow the vow with them. Let's show them that you're actually keeping the law as well. So he whispered to them, go ahead and go ahead and put them under the same values under. Shave their hair. Do all the little Nazarite vow. Do all these certain things because they're coming for you in a minute, Paul. So James telling him to go ahead and do all these things. And guess what Paul does? He did it. Paul, he went on and purified himself with these four guys. They shaved their hair. They did everything was right. They did them with circumcision. Paul did everything right with these guys so the Jews wouldn't have to say anything to say. Think about it, though. You didn't have to be circumcised to shave your hair to be a Christian. Paul them did that to shut them up. They did that in the sense that they didn't want anything to hinder the gospel, so they were willing to circumcise and follow these Jewish customs for the sake of the gospel. Does that make sense? So we can learn from Paul here. We might have to do things that aren't sinful but to honor another person, culture, for the sake of the other gospel. One thing about Lena family is taking the shoes off. It's not sinful to take your shoes off. We can follow other customs and communities around us without sinning against the Lord. Some families might say, hey, wash your hands in a certain way before you eat your food. Family, as Christians, we should be willing to, to do whatever it takes to be able to all have the doors open for the gospel. But anything goes against conscience, goes against God's law, I understand. We refrain from that. But for certain cultures say, hey, ladies don't wear pants or they wear skirts, whatever the case may be. For the sake of that culture in that particular place, if it's in, say, in a place in Africa or whatever the case may be, family, we should be willing to do those certain things to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And I use that for example, even thing for guys. Say, guys have to wear a long sleeve shirt. I'm just making this stuff up. 
We have to do these certain things. We should be willing to do whatever it takes for those that are unbelievers to have an opportunity to share the gospel. And Paul does it here. Paul is okay with following these same customs for the sake for him to have a, a time at the, at the table with these Jews to share the gospel with him. What about yourself? What are you willing to give up to have a conversation across the table with somebody that's not like you? What are you willing to give up? The food might not taste what you want it to taste like. Are you willing to take, eat something that might not be as tasteful to you, but it's okay, you can get by for you to have a conversation on the gospel? Paul did it here. James even encouraged him to do this. Said, so may we do this. May we always be missional minded. May we get out of our comfort zone for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What happened here is that they followed these certain things. And when the seven days is ended, now the new believers in Paul were able to see seen in public. So after that time of purification with the four gods, right? It took seven days of purification. Paul and the brothers come out in public now. Hey, bro, we're free. We did our purification. We did everything right now. Y'all ain't got nothing on us. Hey, we did everything right. These brothers circumcised. We purified. What you got to say now? Y'all think Paul did it like that? I think so. I think he did, right? I think Paul was like, hey, we did everything right. Because guess what he goes? They do now. They go into the temple now. They go into the temple. It says in the scripture right here at the end of verse 27. They stirred up a whole crowd, laid hands on him, crying out, Men of Israel, help! This is the man who is teaching everyone everywhere against the people and the law in this place. After all that what Paul did, they still come out, somebody spot Paul out there and said, Hey, this brother teaching is actually contrary to God's word. And moreover, he even brought Greeks in the temple. Oh my goodness, did y'all catch on to that? They said Paul brought Greeks in the temple now. This temple is a holy place. And they said he has defiled this place. For they have previously seen Trophimus, the Ephesian, with him in the city. And they supposed that Paul had brought him into the temple. That Paul had brought a man from Ephesian? How dare you? He brought a Greek into the temple. Think about a family. Who did they consider Greeks at this time? They considered them what? Dogs. They considered Greeks dogs. They're unfiltered. They're unclean. These dogs, that's, that's, that's how they saw Greeks. These dogs cannot enter this temple. They said Paul brought these brothers in the temple. And these brothers are like, that's enough. And I'm pretty, at this time, they probably tore their clothes shirt open. This dude brought a Gentile into the temple. After all that Paul did for all the laws of purification, but still for them, a Greek came into the temple, and now they have enough against Paul right now. How dare you, Paul? These people are so obsessed with Judaism tradition that they didn't cherish the Christ's accomplished work. They're so fascinated by Judaism. They're so fascinated about the Jewish culture, the Jewish tradition, that now they forsake the body of Christ. The Jews were worried about circumcision, wasn't worried about the finished work of Christ. They, they were to stay away from idols, but here we see that they have made an idol out of Judaism. They have made an idol out of Judaism. 
the tradition and the culture. They made an idol out of it. They have forsake Christ to hold on to a certain culture that Greece can't come in. They don't care if they agree, believe in Christ. They can't come in because they're Greek. And family, get worse. Point number three, as we get ready to end. Now we hear the prophecy for fear from Caesarea. You guys remember last week with Agabus? He gave that prophecy of what's going to happen to Paul when he gets to Jerusalem. Let me read it for us real quick. Look in chapter 21, verses 10 through 14. While we were staying for many days, the prophet named Agabus came down from Judea and coming to us, he took Paul's belt and bound his own feet and hands on and said, Thus said the Holy Spirit, This is how the Jews of Jerusalem will bind the man who owned this belt and deliver him to the hands of the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the people there urged him not to go to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What are you doing? Weeping and breaking my heart. For I am ready not only to be in prison, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And since we, since he would not be persuaded, we ceased and said, let the will of the Lord be done. The prophet told that Paul, when you go to Jerusalem, brother, they're going to arrest you, they're going to tie you up, and brother, they're going to try to kill you. They already told him that. And people are crying and weeping like, Paul, don't go. It's the same thing they did to Jesus. They didn't want Jesus to go. But what did Paul do, do here? Paul said, I must go. So Paul, even though James telling him to do all this, Purify yourself. Paul knew right here what the prophet said. He's about to get arrested. What about you in this sense? What if you know you're going to get arrested? Would you still go there and preach the gospel? Or you say, no, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go away from there. Paul went there. He was okay to be arrested. He was okay to go through this to better proclaim the gospel. So Paul is okay with what happened to him. And he was told that he would be given over to the Gentiles that Agabus told him that you're going to be given to the Gentiles. And listen to the text of today. Look at verse 30. Now all the city was stirred up, and the people ran together. They seized Paul, and they dragged him out of the temple. And at once the gates were shut, and as they were seeking to kill him, they sought Paul and they arrested him. They dragged the brother out of the temple. Then they sought to kill him. When they took you out of the temple, normally they're going to kill you. They're going to try to stone you to death like they did who? Stephen. They took him out of his temple, temple and they did Stephen like that. Even for Jesus, they took him on out. And Jesus was killed on the cross. Now they take this brother out. They get ready to drag him out of the temple. This is normally the time to die. This is not the time that Paul loses his life. But what happens though? Something spectacular happens. And I'm going to mention here in just a second. Hold that thought. But let me ask you about your Christian. How is your Christianity? How is your Christianity? Or how is our Christianity? We might turn away Jews or Gentiles. We might not turn away Jews or Gentiles. But it might be people that make us uncomfortable. Paul here, it's okay to see Jews and Gentiles in the body of Christ. Are, are you okay seeing people that make you uncomfortable in the body of Christ? Let us not point fingers at the Jews like, how dare y'all racist Jews not care for the Greek brother? But family, we might not be racist in a sense, but is it some people around the church that make you uncomfortable? Yeah. 
Is there some people that you want, don't want to be around? Family, we can be just like these Jews with our postures towards other people. Are you okay with people that talk different than you? Are you okay with people that look different than you? Are you able to embrace them fully or are you, to, are you able to say, let me just do enough to get by with this person? Or I see them on Sunday, hey brother, hey sister, how you doing? Hope you have a good week and you get on out of here. But do you fully embrace a brother and sister? Do you fully see that brother and sister as your, and part of the body of Christ with you? Family, that's what we want to see here at Christ Redeemer. We want to see a unified body of Christ loving and serving one another holistically. Here we see they didn't want to see it here in this early church. But Paul is willing for the uncomfortableness of his life. He's willing to die to see the body of Christ unified. Family, are you willing to die for this? Are you in the dark to be able to see people in the body of Christ, even at Christ Redeemer, to see people from all walks of life, all types of struggle? Are you willing to die to see this body of Christ to be able to be unified together for the sake of God's glory here in the city of Palm Bluff? Are you willing to die for it? Paul is willing to die. Think about it. The brother could have been comfortable. The brother started under Gamal, Alina. He was one of the great teachers of the law. He studied under him. Paul could have thrived in Judaism. He died to self, right? He died to self. He was willing to go to the Gentile where Jews didn't want to go to see the body of Christ unified. Family, are you willing to go? Are you willing to be around people that make you, uh, that make you uncomfortable? Family, if we don't want to be around people that make us uncomfortable, family, how can we lash out and talk about these Jews right here? We're just like them. We're just like these Jews. It's no different. There's no difference between us and them. But family, again, ask yourself the question, how is your Christianity? If your Christianity is clickish, that this person right here I want to be around, this person I don't, family, we are just like them. Our Christianity should be a people that resemble Christ's likeness in different parts of their lives. Yeah, this person might smack when they eat their food, right? Uh, this person right here might walk around with their shoes off, right? And, and this person right here might have a haircut a certain way. Uh, this person right here might do, might, might, might do this a certain way. Family, all these differences bring about the beauty of the gospel and beauty of the church. We need different people together. We, we need to crucify all of our preferences to be able to see the body of Christ unified together. Amen. Are you willing to do that? Or we just playing church. We just clapping and clear. We just playing church. But family, may we be ready to die to self in this. Maybe we give our all to this. Family, Paul is ready to lose his life for this. My question for us in this room, are we willing to lose our life for this? Or just a check off the list for the week? If it's a check off the list of the week, family missing the joy of what can come out of this. And what happened? By Paul being faithful. And when you be faithful, our Lord responds with his grace. So what happened with Paul? The Lord was faithful, was, uh, uh, was nice towards Paul. Gracious towards Paul. So some, Jew, some Gentile soldiers saw what's happening, and they stopped him from beating Paul. And they bound him to, with two chains. And the Roman soldiers didn't know why they were treating Paul this way. 
Paul said one thing, the crowd said another thing. Who to believe? The Gentiles didn't know who to believe, whatever the case may be. So the Roman soldier ordered that Paul be brought into the Roman bearers or camp for further investigation. Paul's life was spared by the Romans, the same Roman folks that too, didn't too much care for Jews. That's who preserved Paul. God even used the enemy to preserve his people. So they took Paul away. The people screamed. They shouted, away with him. Think about the Jerusalem, the Jerusalem church. Shout him to the brother in Christ, away with him, away with him. How dare you do a brother in Christ like that? I always say this, Jerome. People outside the church might talk about Rod and Jerry. But for us, that's my family. We're not going to talk about them. We're going to stand up for them and fight for our brothers. Now, we might talk about each other inside the house. But outside to the world, we are one body of Christ together. We might encourage one another and do these certain things. Fam, are we that knitted right now? Are we willing to bash one another because we don't agree with each other? That's how they did Paul. How are these Christian brothers going to say, well, away with their own brother? They're going to say, well, away with him, Jerry and Shaquille. How are you going to tell your own brother in Christ, away with him? They screamed us out, away with him. One person said this, we must always make the right decision in the sight of God and let things unfold as they may. Obedience to Jesus would involve hardship. So we shouldn't be surprised should intimidation, hate, false accusation come our way. Many Christians have been and will continue to be victim, hostility, and lies. Early Christians were accused of incest, Cannibalism, atheism, simply because they greeted one another with a holy kiss. They took the Lord's Supper. They refused to worship the emperor. So for today, today we are as well. Even in the early church, they said, the people, they say, Jesus said, eat my body. When we do the Lord's Supper, they would thought they were saying Christians used to eat Jesus' physical body. They eat each other's bodies. They were saying these people had cannibalism. They were eating each other's body. That's what they were going around the room and saying about the Christian church. That's my incest. Why they would greet one another with a kiss. They would say, oh, they are, they, they, they actually have incest going on within their families. Family as Christians, this always happened to us. One thing I've noticed as the suicide rate within pastors has steady risen. One of the things that happen within pastors, pastors have to endure so much, Rod. Pastors have to endure so much from different angles and different aspects of life. But the pastor had to come into this room, the face is okay. I got to smile. I got to encourage y'all. I got to build one another up. I got to smile. But what goes on with a pastor life? A pastor has to endure so much. A pastor has to endure so many different things. So many different lives that come up. That's what a pastor goes through, Jerome. But I got to sit right here and encourage you, brother. I got to encourage you, sister. I got to encourage one another. But just not for me, for all of y'all. Y'all been lied on before, haven't you? You have been talked about before. And that's what Paul went through. And by doing that, family, we will be persecuted. They did Paul this way. Their own Christian brothers in Christ did their own brothers this way. Family, may we not follow these same footsteps. May we be a unified body in Christ. May we be knitted together.
nay be not shot out away with him. <laughs> I told you that brother struggled with this. I told you that sister struggled with this. I got you. I got you. Family, we are church that's looking around. I got you, family. We're not a biblical church. If we can't walk around in freedom with each other, we're not a biblical church. They told Paul, away with them. How can they do their own brother like this? Family, we should not do our brothers and sisters like this. We should be on the front line fighting for each other. Front line, better build one another up. So let's end here with the application. Are you presenting the true gospel for others? These Jews had a gospel plus works. They believe in Jesus, but you have to be circumcised. You have to do purification. You have to do all these things. If you have to do all these things, what did Jesus accomplish? When Jesus said it's finished, why do you have to do these other things? If you got to do these other things, it's not finished. Right? Amen. If Jesus said it's truly finished, we don't have to follow the laws of Judaism. Jerome, we can follow Jesus, and Jesus is enough. So, family, are you wanting people to look a certain way on top of the gospel to truly be in the faith? The gospel is enough. The gospel is enough. When somebody said they're struggling with pornography, they're struggling with anger, or struggling with same-sex attractions, do we say they have to clean themselves up before they come in? If we're telling them they have to do all these certain things, family, we add it to the gospel. May the gospel does it. May a gospel penetrate the hearts of the people that are broken. May the gospel does it over time. May we not add to the gospel. May we preach the gospel faithfully. Point number two, application two. Do you get fearful when preaching the true gospel? You don't have to be afraid when standing for truth. May we learn from Paul's words. Let the will of the Lord be done. Family, people are going to mock you. People are going to despise you. But let these be your words. Let the will of the Lord be done. You ain't got to go defend your name. Just say that let the will of the Lord be done. And we gain a crown, fam. Shaquille, we get a crown at the end, Shaquille. We get a crown that no one will be able to take off from, take away from us. Elijah, this is good news for us, sister. We get a crown forever. It's even get better for us. No more pain and suffering no more. We're with Jesus, family. We get better things from God. We don't have to be afraid of what man may do in this world. So family, stand on truth. Even when the truth is not taken lightly at times, when people don't want to stand for truth, may you stand for truth in the midst of a world that's not standing for truth. Application three. It is painful going through trials like what Paul is going through. Paul was beat for his faith. Found we may be faithful. We may be truly faithful at the hard times. But family, it may be hard, to be honest with you. We don't know what tomorrow may bring. Elena, you might lose your job. Rob, you might lose yours. I don't want you guys to lose your job. You might lose friendships in the midst of this. You might lose so many things you may have. But one thing you would never lose, Jerry Pitts. One thing you would never lose, you would never lose Jesus. So family, as we leave this place today, we might lose everything we got. We might even lose our lives in the world. But one thing this world can't take away from us is the work of Christ in our lives. We are forever sealed in him.
And that's what was Paul, that was the face of Paul before these people. He wasn't afraid. He said, the dog is the game. What can he lose? Let me pray for his family. Father God of the heaven, Lord, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy.